Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. Welcome. I am so glad that you've taken time to join us. I'm your freedom coach, Dawn Scott Damon, and you're listening to the Freedom Girl Sisterhood Podcast. Hey, have you ever experienced a time when somebody just sucks the joy out of you? Yeah, that's right. Joy suckers, that's what they are. Sometimes there's people in our life. Sometimes it's a boss, it's a sister, it's a brother, it's a neighbor, it's a child, it's a parent, Unfortunately, there are sometimes people in our life that we're not going to get away from, but we have to learn how to keep our joy in the midst of difficult circumstances. We're going to talk about that today. I invite you to join us in just a moment. You're listening to The Freedom Girl Sisterhood. The Freedom Girl Sisterhood wants to invite you to the Freedom Girls Conference. That's right, we're having a conference November 7th at 9 a.m. You can register by going online to dawnscottdamon.com. Register today. It's $25. You won't want to miss this. We have great speakers coming. It's a day for women just to get away and be refreshed in God. So join us at the Freedom Girls Sisterhood Conference coming your way, North Grand Rapids, on November 7th. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks again for joining me. Once again, this is Don Damon. I am your freedom coach. We're women helping women live full and free, and I'm really glad that you've decided to listen in tonight. I have the sisterhood with me tonight. I have Piper Fields. Welcome, Piper. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so glad that you're with me tonight. Piper is a powerful Bible teacher here at Tribes Church and does a Bible study for our women's groups. If you're ever interested, come on out on a Wednesday at, what, 1 o'clock? 1 p.m., 1 to 3 p.m. every Wednesday. All right. And you guys are studying. What are you working on this time? Right now we are going through a book called Lost Women of the Bible by Caroline James. And it just goes through, these aren't necessarily women that have not been talked about. In fact, the first chapter is about Eve. But it's about how sometimes we get lost in the matrix of life and we lose Mm -hmm. ourselves. And so I'm just starting to read it, so I don't have the whole backdrop of it, but um, we start this Wednesday. It kicks off this Wednesday, so I'm really looking forward to seeing the ladies again. All right, great. Well, we're looking forward to that, too. If you want to come on out and be a part of that, we invite you to do that. So tonight I want to talk about the things that happen in life through relationships where sometimes... We have people in our life, we forgive them, we forgive them again and again, and we're not able to get away from them, and yet God's got us in this story. You know, I often think of Joseph when he was engaged to Mary. He had to play a role in a story that he did not ask for and he didn't want to be there, and all of a sudden he finds out, you know, hey, the woman that I love that I'm engaged to is pregnant with, like, not my child, really? This is uh, miraculous? (laughs) Okay. Um. But God asked him to stay. God asked him to to be involved in her story and to trust. And that's a good example. Sometimes there's negative examples Mm -hmm. where we're in a situation 
we're in a relationship and and the Lord has asked us to stay or we don't feel like we can ever get out because, hey, maybe this person is my mom or my dad. Can we draw boundaries? Can we have joy in the midst of that? What do we do with the person who's, well, what did you call them earlier this morning? You said repeat offenders. Okay, tell me about that. What does that mean? Repeat offenders are people... And again, like you were saying, that it is people who we really can't get away from. Because if if it's somebody we can get away from, I suggest we we, make, we, do. we take the next you know exit stage left. But a lot of times, repeat offenders manifest themselves in in a parent and in a spouse, um, and and they're people that we either God has called us to be in that direct relationship with them, um, or it's it's a, it's a temporary thing like a job. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things I, I I have a repeat I have a couple of repeat offenders but one is particularly strong and and both of them of course are ones that I can't get away from and one of them um, is very verbally abusive and just will go off and cuss at me cuss me out and call me names and and crazy stuff and mm-hmm. a lot of it is unmerited I'm I'm not a perfect specimen but mm-hmm. a lot of it just comes at me just mm-hmm. you know sideways you know like a side swipe mm-hmm. and um, one of these particular times I. I, w- I had just gotten cussed out again, and I was just thinking, like, when is this going to end? And I was feeling the intense strain from that and this, the stress and the pressure, and I just was thinking to myself, when will I ever be happy? I will never be happy again because this person is so overbearing and says such hurtful things um, that it was just breaking me down emotionally. And mm-hmm. um, I just thought to myself, I was walking to lunch, and... I said, you know, this is, I'm never going to be happy again. I, here goes another day, another week, another year of my life of getting really mistreated, verbally mm-hmm. abused. Mm-hmm. And God said, no, you don't. And he just kind of said it like that. You know, you ha- you're going to have a great day. You could have a great day. And I, and I really questioned him. I, I questioned him back in my, and it like mm-hmm. almost physically stopped me. And I said, mm-hmm. how am I going to have a good day now? Right. Please explain to me. And God wants us to be real with him. He he said that we should acknowledge him in everything and that we have the right to come boldly mm-hmm. before his throne of grace. And I, I specifically said mm-hmm. to him, you know, how am I going to have a good day now? Right. And he... How are you? Exactly. Yeah. So he spoke back to me and he said, the way that you'll have a good day is, well, first of all, I, I heard um, Miles Marone, he was talking about how one of the names of God... Um, Abba, if you break it down in the Hebrew, it means source, and that we can call God source. And so he reminded me of that, and he said, if I'm the source of your joy, no matter who hurts you, no matter who offends you, no matter who says something to you, even though it will hurt, he didn't negate the fact of the pain, but he said, you can still have a good day. You can still enjoy your day. You can still um, enjoy your life and have joy today because I am the source. I am the root of your joy that you will ever experience. And in James 1, it says, be not deceived. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. So sometimes we think joy comes because my parent is treating me right. My kids are acting right. My right. husband's kind to me today or whatever it may be. But God says don't be deceived. They're not the source of your joy. They may mm-hmm. add to our lives, mm-hmm. but he is ultimately the source of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm hearing you say that in the midst of difficult circumstances, so often we pray for the circumstances to change but God is saying, hey, I'm going to change you in the circumstance, or I'm going to change your outlook. I'm going to teach you how to train your perspective to see and think on whatever is good and pure and noble and right. And when you draw into me, you're going to find your source of joy. 
Um, that's my interpretation of kind of what you were saying. Mm-hmm. But I want to go back because you, you talked about some pretty real things. First of all, you talked about uh, someone who has decided to make you the object of their anger. Mm-hmm. And we can't analyze that person, but but when people in our life choose to be verbally abusive, we all are familiar with that saying that says hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. You find that true that that the person that's attacking us oftentimes is a person who's just messed up, broken down, hurting them their own selves, maybe trying to escape their own pain. Um, a wounded person who is just looking to lash out and attack somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think sometimes they think that it doesn't hurt as bad as it does. You mm-hmm. know, they kind of minimize the pain because they're in so much pain. They're they're kind of numb mm-hmm. to the pain that they that they unleash. Mm-hmm. In my experience with yeah. repeat offenders, mm-hmm. um, and I think that they're just looking for a source of releasing that energy, mm-hmm. and we just happen to be there. And a lot of times, repeat offenders take advantage of the pers- the object of their offense in that they assume they'll always be there mm-hmm. and right. that they can do that right? and they can get away with it. I can, I can just pound on you with my words, and you're going to just take it and take it. And I want to talk about, you know, you said at the top of the hour that sometimes those relationships, if we can leave them, you know, do so – if we can't leave them or God has called us to be a part of their life or a part of their story because he wants to do something great, he doesn't expect us to stay and be abused, though, right? We can draw boundaries mm-hmm. when it's appropriate and to the degree that that we're able to enforce them. I mean, you can draw a boundary yeah. all day, every day. Somebody may not abide by that, and then you have to make sure it's something that you can carry out the consequences. Mm-hmm. But um, that's a very powerful thing when somebody's unleashing those words, we have a little rhyme that we've said when we were kids, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Yeah. Yeah, that's not true, is it? No, I've ex- unfortunately have experienced both physical abuse and verbal abuse, and, and both are, are life can be lifelong, and mm-hmm. they, because you repeat over and over in your mind, you never, ever lose the power of those words. You never, ever lose the intensity of those words, while a bruise may go away and the pain, I wouldn't even try to compare them being a person that's experienced both. But those words, I mean, they can be ingrained in your spirit until mm-hmm. if you let it, it will shape how you see yourself. Mm-hmm. You will think you are those names that mm-hmm. someone has called you. You will think that you can't do anything or that no one will want you or that no, um, whatever whatever is spoken over you. If we internalize, the Bible says, as, as a man thinks, so does he become. Mm-hmm. So if we think on and meditate on the things that people have spoken over us over and over and over and over again, right. we can become that person mm-hmm. if we let it. Mm-hmm. But there's something that happens inside of someone of faith that says, okay, God, I take what you just said about being source. I hold mm-hmm. on to that. And it, if we let those words immobilize us, then we'll stay in one spot. But if, if, we hear what God is saying to us and saying, no, I love you. You are loved. You mm-hmm. are chosen. You are important. Mm-hmm. You are amazing. And so that's what, one of the things I've done, even really simple things. It's nothing really grand. It mm-hmm. was just some things like, I'm important. I'm loved. I'm special. 
this is wrong, too. Because sometimes a repeat offender, oh, that's not that serious. They try mm -hmm. to either downgrade it or say, hey, this is not mm -hmm. a problem. Mm -hmm. With almost any offense, whether it be sexual, physical, verbal, they always try to downgrade it and say, oh, it's not that serious. Oh, well, you should be thankful. Quit complaining. Mm -hmm. Ah, you're a nag or you're this or whatever it mm -hmm. may be. No, that's abusive and it's wrong. It's and I abusive. think like what you said mm -hmm. that we need to draw those boundaries and say, no, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I, w what I did back to a repeat offender is say, that's unhealthy thinking. The way that yeah. you're talking to me and the way that you, you, for you to think that this is not appropriate behavior, you have unhealthy thinking. And that helped set me free yes. because I acknowledged it, but I wasn't trying to verbally hurt them back. It was my way of releasing myself and saying, and also really internalizing mm -hmm. myself, nope, that's unhealthy. That's yeah. unhealthy. That's really powerful what you're saying because that's the kind of boundary that I'm talking about. You put You put up a line, and one of the things that... I didn't know we were going to go here today, but one of the things that abusive or manipulative people will try to do is make you think you're the one that's crazy. You're the one that's lost it. You're the one, if, well, if you didn't do that, I wouldn't have to say this. If you wouldn't make me so angry, if you didn't um, act so, you know, have such bad behavior. And the reality is, is that that is a skill that they've learned to manipulate and turn it back on. So, I often tell women, if you feel crazy, that's a sign that you aren't. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Because uh, because the, the person that's sick or crazy, they don't question the, they don't question their <laughs> thing. They just they just are. But the person who's thinking right says, this isn't making any sense, and and I don't I can't. You know, you've got me all confused, and I'm, and I don't, yeah. I don't know what's going on. And that's because you do understand what's appropriate. You do understand what's right. You do understand of how you should be talked to and how you should be treated. And the dissonance that's coming into your mind is causing you to feel crazy. So you need to know you have a sound mind, but you need to make sound decisions and draw some sound boundaries. And um, know that if you're feeling crazy, you are in the presence of crazy, but it's not you. <laughs> I've never heard it worded that way, but it is so true. Mm -hmm. That's really true. Yeah. So so that was one thing that, you know, I, I, I wanted, certainly want the listeners to hear that in the midst of that, whether you are able to release yourself from that and and hopefully you would you would be able to release yourself and free yourself from any kind of of that abuse but let's say for example um you have joint custody with a person who they you know they you're going to be in each other's lives for whatever length of time until the children are grown mm -hmm. and how do you protect yourself from that you said that you really got to a place where you were discouraged mm -hmm. um do christian women really get discouraged Oh, I couldn't tell you the depth, but yes. But on a side note, that's one way that no one can take God from me is the peace that he brings to me. Mm -hmm. If I had to testify one thing, just one, I would say it's the peace of God mm -hmm. through a storm. And that's mm -hmm. what he has been to me is my foundation, my strength, my energy, my hope, my friend all along the way mm -hmm. of all of the crazy I've been through. Mm -hmm. Um but, yeah, discouragement has definitely visited me. But when I realized, because I really tried to, I, you know how the Bible says put on love, put on joy, put on peace, and all those things. I mm -hmm. really said, okay, you said you're my source. And I really mentally tried to physically put on that peace and joy. So I'm going to be joyful today. 
And all of a sudden, I started being thankful. And it really mm-hmm. is, it induces thankfulness. Yes. And all of a sudden, you'll be like, well, God, I thank you for the sun. I thank you for my shoes. I thank you that I'm, I'm able to go out to lunch. I was on my mm-hmm. way to lunch. I, I thank you that I have the money to go to lunch. I thank you. So I started thanking him. And all of a sudden, I started having joy. And now I can, one of the things that will separate us women of faith from women of not from women of the world is is our consistency mm-hmm. because trust and believe every woman that we come across it is of faith if she's joyful all the time it's not because she has joy in her life all the time right. it's because she has chosen joy mm-hmm. the proverbs 31 said one uh woman it says that she looks at tomorrow she can laugh she laughs at tomorrow mm-hmm. and she's joyful she's already decided that means if she's looking from today and she said i can laugh at tomorrow that means she's already said tomorrow i will laugh mm-hmm. no matter what i see tomorrow and another mm-hmm. part of the Proverbs 31 woman, I always hashtag it all the time. She senses the worth of her work. I sense the worth of my work. Yeah. Even if someone else doesn't, I know who I am. Yeah. And that's a powerful that's woman. Good. When you meet women who know who they are, mm-hmm. there's nothing like them. Their, conf- their confidence, it alone is, is, a, is, a, is a part of the glory of mm-hmm. God. And when we sense the worth of our work, when we, not pride, it, it doesn't mean that. It means right. when you sense your value. Mm-hmm. And when I value myself, whether or not someone, if I'm a diamond and somebody's chiseling away at me, I'm still a diamond. If yeah. someone puts me in a, in a brown paper bag, I'm still a diamond. Mm-hmm. If someone puts me under the dirt and under the, the, the lies of the sand, whatever, I'm still a diamond under the sand, in a paper bag, chiseled at, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. I'm still who God created me to be. Right. Right. And the only time that you lose that value, we never lose it, but the only time is when you forget who you are. You don't lose the value, but you lose the recognition of your value, and you start living like you are the paper bag. You start living like you are dirt. You start living like you are chiseled and broken instead of recognizing. And so I totally agree. And once again, that perspective, that shift, that God wants to, every time the world tries to come at us and say, this is what you are and this is what you're, this is how dirty or unworthy or how broken or bruised or battered or dysfunctional or flawed you are, we have to shift our perspective and say, wait a minute, is that true? Is that what God says about me? It's not even what I say about me. It's definitely not what the devil says about me. It's not what you say about me, person over here. What does God say about me? And that's the truest thing about me is what he says. Yes. And he said, like you just mentioned, I am that diamond. I am that treasure. No matter what my surroundings or my circumstances right now. But if the enemy can convince us to believe that we're less than, mm-hmm. that we are a brown paper bag, that we are you know, just trash. If he can convince us that that's who we are, then we begin to live like that. And then, yes, discouragement comes, bondage comes pain, uh, despondency, and we're living now all of a sudden so much less than what God created us to live, and we're living on this this lower level where you said if somebody comes at you with those negative words, those joy suckers that want to say something or those repeat offenders that just want to bat you down, that you can draw that line and say, say, would you say again? That's Um, unhealthy thinking. That's unhealthy thinking. I I identify it right there. If not, but for ourselves. Sometimes that person is like you were going to say, and they're just crazy. If you're in the presence of crazy, sometimes they really are that far gone, and it's going to take a great healing for them. Mm-hmm. But sometimes saying it, it's not only just for. The, sometimes it really is just for our benefit yes. because we're recognizing, you know, out of the, when we when we're speaking, faith comes by hearing. We are re- reiterating to ourselves, mm-hmm. hey, that is unhealthy thinking, and we're reminding ourselves yes. and increasing our faith in that. 
that that is indeed unhealthy thinking, that we're not crazy. No, that's wrong. How you're treating me is wrong. Right. It's just wrong. Right. It's just wrong. And that's so powerful just to say, you you know, I'm serving you notice. I want the enemy to know it. I want you to hear it. If you can assimilate it, I'm going to remind my own spirit, my own self, and I'm putting those words out in the atmosphere to declare that is unhealthy thinking. That is not the report of the Lord. Mm -hmm. That is not my confession. I'll have no part of that. And the label will not attach itself to my spirit. Mm -hmm. And those words, sorry, will fall void and powerless, and they will not take root in me. That, I reject that thinking. I reject those words. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very powerful. It's very healthy, and it's very scriptural. Yeah. That's what God wants us to do. Mm -hmm. So, you talked about those those things that that first of all you you you're in a situation where you have negative circumstances pounding you and beating you down. Then you got discouraged and you were in that place where you really doubted whether is happiness even going to be my future? Is joy going to be my future? Yet at the same time, in the wings, back there in the back of your spirit, is this Proverbs 31 woman echoing that I am going to laugh at tomorrow. So you said I have to choose. What is that choice? You mean, you mean you don't go by feelings? Oh my goodness, we'll go on roller coasters. If we're always <laughs> on feelings, we are going to be grouchy every. I think they said it's every five seconds that emotions and certain things literally, literally change in our bodies. Chemicals, Chemicals. change every five seconds, mm-hmm. and so um, we really have to decide. It comes down to a decision that I'm going to be, you know, and I'm not trying to live in fairy tale land. I what I am trying to say is that we can be happy. That we can choose joy, meaning that I will still be happy in this moment. I will still take pleasure um, maybe with a lunch with a friend instead of giving my thoughts. A lot of it has to just really do with our point of view and how we're thinking. If I'm going to just keep meditating on how bad they treated me, of course I'm going to be sad and miserable. It's really about what we focus on. When we focus and hone in on the joy that really is in life and the fact that God has set us free from so much and that you know, I'm going to enjoy this. I, I really love coffee. Anybody that knows me knows I just, I'm a coffee aficionado. I just love coffee. Mm-hmm. So I just say, I'm going to really enjoy this cup of coffee. But or, you don't have any what, coffee here today right, right now. in my bag. Okay, you got to get it. <laughs> There's one in my trunk, too. All right. Now we're talking. Okay, keep going. So it just really comes down to, it comes, and just like the Bible says that we have to put on things, every day we have to put on things and take them off. It is not a one-time thing. I have to keep mm-hmm. reminding myself, if I get cussed out today, which I'm not, in Jesus' name, but right. if, I, if should I, should it happen, mm-hmm. I will have to put on love at that moment. It's not like there's just this thing. I'm not trying to live in fairy tale land or try to oppress people with um, unattainable things. It is something I physically, I mean, really, in a sense, almost have to physically do. I have to choose. Nope, today I'm putting on this love. I'm putting on this peace. And and it's a thing that we really have to do every time, but it gets easier with time. Well, yeah, you're training yourself. Mm -hmm. And there's a spiritual discipline that's happening, and there is a training that is happening. And our, our bodies are so incredibly made by God this divine creator, he wired us and put us together, that our muscles have memory. Yes. We know that our body has memory. And when you train yourself in discipline, it becomes easier and easier, and your body starts to understand what you need to do. For example, when I wake up sometimes in the morning, I, I exercise often, hopefully most mornings. There are some mornings where I wake up and I don't feel like it. I don't feel like getting up. And I'm not in boot camp right now, which I did with uh, Sandra Pfizer. has a boot camp, and we 5.30 every morning we're there. Oh, wow. So I didn't feel like doing that. But there's something that would happen when I put on my tennis shoes. 
When I put on my tennis shoes, literally, I believe that my chemicals started sending messages to my brain saying, oh, we're getting ready to work out. You remember how you feel when you work out? You know how you feel. After you work out, you love it. And the endorphins, and all of a sudden, my body, motivation is coming as a result of a choice I made. Mm-hmm. And science tells us that motivation is is always, almost always, after the action. Mm-hmm. So if you wait to get motivated, you're not going to do it. But if you do it first, so you're saying if I physically move and say, make a gesture that says I'm putting this on or I'm doing this, I make this choice, the feeling will follow that's mm-hmm. scientifically proven. Mm-hmm. If I do this, then that right and appropriate emotion will follow. For example, there are so many muscles and nerve endings in your face alone. Mm-hmm. When you smile, the nerve endings send a message to your brain that says, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And when you frown, the opposite happens. Your brain gets the chemical and the messages that say, I'm sad. That's why actors and actresses can literally start to cry when that's not really happening. Their body doesn't know it. You frown. You can you can create sadness. If you're going to just mope and be sad and focus on the negative and the critical, you will always find it and feel it. Yeah. But if, I remember when I was going through a very serious depression and I would smile every day. And the kids and family would be like, oh, are you feeling better? And I'd say, no, not really. We'd say, well, you're smiling. I said, yes, I know, because I'm telling my brain that I'm happy and it needs to stop sending me these other chemicals. And I physically, spiritually, I mean, we are body, soul, and spirit. Yeah. And it all works together, and it's an amazing thing. So feelings are going to change every five seconds. Yeah. But our choice, now that will take us the distance. A choice that we make can take us into our destiny. Feelings will leave us out on the curb. Yeah. Wondering where do we go from here next. Final thoughts from you. What would you say to the woman who's listening that maybe is really relating to something that you're sharing today? I would say quit listening to what you what you do here. Don't you need to shut it out and you need to find your value. You need to remember your value. Um, if you're a woman of faith, then remember your value. If you haven't, if this is all kind of foreign to you, find your value. Know, know that God thinks that you're amazing and that you're beautiful. And and some, and I'm keeping it very elementary because that's how I say it in the mirror. Sometimes I'll just say, No, I am beautiful. I'm a beautiful mm-hmm. person. Uh, God loves me. I'm important. And I just want to tell you that you're important and that God sees your tears. That you are. Your value is so vast. I don't know if you've heard this scripture, but I'm going to tell it to you. Even if you have heard it, it's good for you to hear that it says that he saves your tears. Now, I have been loved in my life. My mom loves me. My husband loves me. But to my knowledge, none of, you know, none of the people in my life have ever saved my tears. And God says that he, he saves our tears. And so I just want to encourage you that even your and, and that would, would, would mean pain as well. He saves your pain. He recognizes your pain. And it's not a little thing to him. But I would say also to you're a warrior. Dust yourself off. Shake your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Put your shoulders back and choose. Choose today that you're going to be happy and, and find some things to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. It's powerful. And you can do that right now. You can make a choice. And nobody can take away your power of choice of what attitude you're going to have for the day, what perspective you're going to have. You're not a victim. You're an overcomer. In fact, you're more than an overcomer. And I claim that for you right now in the name of Jesus. And I want to pray for you. 
Lord, for every woman that's listening right now that's been beat down by somebody's words and somebody's negative label, for every joy sucker and every uh, repeat offender that's in this woman's life, I pray, Jesus, that you make a way of escape where you give endurance for those that you've asked, Lord, to stay in the situation, whether temporary or because they are connected in some permanent situation. I pray, Jesus, that your joy would break through and that deliverance would come as my sister puts her mind on you to think about you, to think about your word, to reframe her perspective, to not see it the way the world would want her to see it, but that your truth would shine through and she would see herself and her situation and her future the way you call her to see it. We thank you for this, Lord, in Jesus. Amen. Well, God bless you, women. It's been great to be with you. Piper, thank you for spending time with me. Yes. I appreciate it. And you're going to be with us on November 7th for our Freedom Girls Conference. Woo! Come on out, ladies. It's going to be amazing. It is going to be amazing. (laughs) We are going to have a phenomenal time. I'm looking forward to it. So once again, this is Dawn Scott Damon, your Freedom Coach, reminding you to live full and live free and to always know God loves you and he died for you and he's got resurrection life in store for you. This is Pastor Dawn saying, stay free.